being an award-winning workplace. Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn and you're on Gut Plus Science. This podcast is on a mission to increase engagement at work. And on this show, we equip CEOs and people-first leaders of all levels to make impact. Let's get to it. Hey, Gut Plus Science listeners. I'm so excited for us to learn from an award-winning workplace HR leader and also a friend of mine who has left corporate America to build a business that teaches, coaches, and consults leaders to build and keep award-winning workplace status. In this episode, we're going to uncover Angie Redmond's secret sauce or her teachings and systems to help leaders create and keep workplaces where people thrive and the world gets to hear about them from the awards that they get to win. So let's get with Angie. Angie, welcome to Gut Plus Science. Today, we're breaking down the science and the heart behind becoming and staying an award-winning workplace. And who better to do that with than you? Let's start with you sharing your history leading HR for an award-winning workplace first. Great. Thanks, Nikki, so much for having me. Well, after spending about a decade in the staffing industry, I ended up joining a tech organization around 1999, which you may know was prime time for the tech community as we were approaching Y2K. And I became fully immersed in what was not only important, but was also a necessity to having a great workplace culture because tech organizations at that time were really struggling to find and keep top talent. And I knew in order for us to succeed, we had to develop and execute a very strong talent strategy. During that time, organizations were not really exposed to opportunities like winning a Best Workplace Award, but we knew we had something very special with our culture. So if you fast forward about 10 years later, I was given the opportunity to work again with several of those people from that same tech organization where I previously worked. And by this point, organizations were really starting to get recognized for having a great workplace culture with engaged employees. And when I first started this new opportunity, I found out that they had just recently been notified that they did not earn a best place to work distinction. So when I started that job, I knew that the CEO's primary goal for my role was to make the culture as great as it could be. And I knew he was really passionate about having a great culture and about creating opportunities for employees to be engaged not only with the company, but within the community. So I took my role very seriously to focus on what the culture would be. And we just then, as we found out we didn't earn that award, gathered the employee data from the engagement survey and immediately went into action to figure out what we needed to do. So we studied employee engagement survey data from that report. We involved employees at all levels of the organization to talk about what areas could we make improvement And we made our efforts very, very focused around culture and engagement at a strategic level. So we were constantly measuring what we were doing and how we were improving, which made it not a one-time initiative. It was a strategic focus that we continued to do daily, and it just became part of who we were. Well, and I think I met you in the height of your time at that location, at that employer, and you had been in the height of being recognized then. And I remember my first meeting with you, I was like, wow, they have their stuff together because this place gets recognized a lot. And I still see that brand out getting recognized. So you really did a great job paving the way. 
And I know you have a big heart to help other leaders in their teams achieve this. And that's why we wanted to do this topic for Gut Plus Science, having you really mentor us today. So Angie, for leaders that aspire to be an award-winning workplace, what's the first step in developing a plan to get there? The very first thing that the leader of an organization should even consider when they're applying for an award is why they want to do it in the first place. That's so critical. And it could be things like they want to consider what benefits or goals they're going to achieve by earning the award, or maybe what outcomes they plan to take. But their why could include helping with recruitment and retention strategies. And we all know how extremely important that is with what's going on with today's workforce. Or their why could be that they want to get included within their specific industry. So learning more about why earning the award is important to that leader really helps uncover the plan for how we can get them to their ultimate goal, which is to become an award-winning workplace. But in my opinion, the benefits that an organization earns as they go through that entire process will far outweigh actually earning that trophy or earning that award. So I often use the term more than a trophy. And the reason for this is, yes, absolutely, earning that award is fantastic. It is great. And after all, that's what these organizations are striving for. But the real reward comes from the insights they learned when they measure employee engagement. Absolutely. So. Angie, we've all heard of best places to work. Like that's an award that's pretty universal. Or there's cultural awards that are tied to publications in our metro areas. A lot of times our cities do these things, but there's so many awards, various types of awards. Can you talk about just kind of laying the land of what all is out there? Absolutely. And you're right. There are so many different types of awards. And when going through their exercise of determining why, really helps the leader of that organization understand which type of award they should consider applying for. So as you mentioned, there are awards that recognize employers within their geographic area, like best places to work for whatever state that they may be in. And there's similar awards like top workplaces that recognize for the city. So within those awards, you're not only competing with other organizations, but it really focuses down on their similar size or geographic area. And there's also awards that recognize outstanding employers in specific industries, such as IT firms and engineering firms and accounting firms. And here you're competing against organizations within your same industry and most likely within your similar size. But often these are not only based on a geographic, they could be more on a national scale. And then there's also awards, which you had referred to, where they could be recognized as a top 100 or a top 50. And often these are sponsored by a media or a magazine type publication. They are often also more on a national or geographic scale. And a lot of times those are more of a certificate based where they have a predetermined set of criteria where you must earn like a certain percentage or a certain level. And if you achieve that score, then you make that top list of whichever it is that they're putting forth. So that's why it's so important to determine what that why for your organization is so that we can get you set down the right path to get you what you're trying to achieve through those types of awards. I'm curious if you have a quick example that comes to mind because I wrote this down uh, based on what you said. You know, which award you pursue should be guided by your why. So I don't know if you have like a client or anyone as an example of, you know, I heard their why and I was like, oh, this type of award makes a lot of sense. 
Absolutely. A client that I've recently been working with is wanting to bid on certain types of jobs within their industry. And the firm that gets measured is often based on if they have earned accolades within their industry. So that's not their only measurement criteria, but that may help organizations such as those get kind of a leg up when they're bidding for certain jobs. Yeah. I love that point. So thank you for sharing the story and just something that many of us might not think about. We might just go for that one award we know. Sure. So Angie, now walk us through key steps in the process of building the plan to achieve award status. Absolutely. Well, as we first talked about, the why is the very first step, figuring out which award it is that you want to apply for. So once you've determined that you're going to apply for an award and you know which awards you're going to apply for, the very first thing is to share this with the team at your company. Communicate that this is a goal that you have set forth. And this is great when it can come from the leader of your organization because they're getting behind this initiative and they're showing support. So when that leader shares with the employees that they are going to apply for award, tell them why. Tell them your why, why it's important to you as a leader, what goals that you have set forth for this. Let your employees know that they're going to be asked to complete an engagement survey and that you as leaders within your company support them to take the time to do the engagement survey. And also, it's really important to share that you are committed to letting your employees know about the findings of the survey. So this doesn't mean that, and I've talked with organizations that feel like every feedback their employee gives in the survey, that they have to act on every single one of those. This is a great education opportunity for you as an employer to say, we're going to be asking you for feedback. We may not be able to act on all of your recommendations, but we will let you know what we can act on. And if it's something we can't, we will explain why. And I think that's really important for employees to know. So once you get through that communication phase, that's when you start registering for the survey. And this is the application where often there's an employer piece in addition to the employee engagement piece where the employees complete. It's usually done by someone in HR, but if they don't have someone in HR, another person could be designated. And the survey administrator does often, they do a great job of guiding you through this process. And they'll be letting you know what type of criteria you need to provide during this application. I highly encourage whomever is completing that application to lean on other resources within their company. Because on average, that application itself can take about 40 to 45 hours to complete. And if you can rely on other resources in your company, such as email lists to give you, that really helps speed that process. And another, and often that comes from your IT team, but another area that's really helpful if you can partner with is your marketing team, because they'll be able to give you a lot of the data that you need to put on that application. The next key thing is notify your employees before the survey launches. So many times within organizations now, we're educating our employees to be very vigilant of any type of tech concerns that might be going on. So you want to give your employees a heads up. The survey will be coming into your email. Be watching for it. It is legit. And these organizations also will often give you scripts of what you can tell your employees to, to let them know that that's coming. So just give your employees a heads up that it's going to be hitting their inbox and continuously keep communication going with your employees during that process. One good thing that you can share with your employees is often these surveys will require a minimum participation level in order to be eligible to go through the whole survey process. So 
you'll want to share that with your employees to let them know we need to have X percentage complete the survey so that we're eligible to qualify. And I encourage my clients to set a goal. I think it's really important to have a really high level of employees participate. High number is what I should say, a high number of employees to participate so that you're getting the most representation you can. A great example would be set a goal of at least 75% or more of your employees respond to that survey. And that as you're going through the survey process, which often takes about a week, send periodic emails out to your employees. Hey, we're at this percentage. Now we're at this percentage so that they know you're paying attention and they're, they're getting close to that. And the one other thing that I will mention is educate other people within your organization to help support you through this process. I use the term influencers, and that's what I call them. Randomly ask a few people within your organization. This this is great if you can find people that your employees feel very comfortable going to. And these influencers can share with your employees if they hear any wrestling of, oh, here we have to complete another survey. They can reiterate why it's important to the company that you're going through that process. But it's really important to keep in mind you cannot bribe people to fill it out or to get it completed. If these organizations find out you've done that, you could be disqualified. So I know that's a lot of data, but those are really important steps that I like people to keep in mind when they go through this. Really good. And exactly why we have you here sharing that with us. So for those of us that are out there wanting to pursue this, you're just such a great mentor in this space. We're, I'm curious, and I'm sure a lot of people are too, what kind of time frame should we expect from planning to landing an award or any other time frame, just expectations that you'd like to share? Well, the communication strategy really depends on what you've already got set forth within your company. So hopefully you have a great communication strategy already in place. And as you're sharing with your employees that you're going through this, you can follow that same cadence. But the actual time, as I mentioned, to complete the employer portion of the survey can take someone about 40 to 45 hours. When you open up the survey to your employees, which usually immediately follows, most of these organizations will leave your survey open for about a week. But the time really comes in when you're waiting to find out if your organization has been selected. And each of them have a different time frame, but they will be very open with you to say you will know within X amount of weeks if your organization has been selected. Then the next step as far as time goes is some of these organizations will take not only that you've been selected, but they'll take it to the next level of ranking the companies that have been selected. So some of these organizations will have like a banquet or an an invite those organizations in and they will rank those. So that that kind of stretches out. You may find out that you've been selected, but maybe not find out till three or four months later what your ranking is. So it might seem like a long procedure, but it just kind of keeps the excitement and the buzz going. And just remember, as you're going through this, this isn't a quick overnight process. It is somewhat of a journey. So you need to allow for that time. Great. Thank you for sharing that. And I'd love to talk about companies that win and companies that don't and what to expect or do next on both sides. Yeah. Well, the key here is communication. Whether you've won or whether you have not it's really important to communicate the outcome of what has happened to your employees. So good or bad, the leader of your organization should commit at the beginning of this process they're going to communicate and continue that through this. So if your organization did win, first and foremost, allow and take some time to celebrate. There's a lot of people that have worked really hard to make that happen for your company, including the employees. So definitely put some time in to have some celebrations, but in all seriousness with that, Acknowledge to your employees that 
you appreciate them taking the time to do that and that you recognize and you want to allow celebration, but you also know that the real work is actually really going to start. But if your organization did not win, you need to keep in mind that you went on this journey because you were striving for continuous improvement with your company. The trophy is wonderful. Whether you did or didn't get the trophy, you got some really good data on the insights from your employees. And so you really need to allow time to share with your employees. No, unfortunately, we did not win, but we learned a lot more about you and what's important to you. And we're going to take some time to really focus on that. So whether you did or didn't make the list, focus on what you learned during that process and know that it's not a one-time deal. This is a continuous thing that if you didn't win, try again next year. But either way, whether you did or didn't win, as I mentioned, let your employees know the outcome and confirm a time of when you're going to share the findings with them. So as a leadership team, you should be going back to your employees and saying, this is what we heard. This is what you shared with us. And a lot of these will give you great reports that you can share with your employees. Some are more of an executive level, but there will be quite a few reports that you'll be able to share with your employees. And then as you get those reports back, this is where the work or fun, I guess, depending on what perspective you look at it, I really enjoyed. I like digging into those findings. So this is the point where you analyze the findings, whether it's just looking at the reports or looking at the open-ended comments. Some companies get really overwhelmed when they start looking at all that data. That's something that I've got a lot of experience in, so I can definitely help companies. So I'd love that. I'd like to share with you a quick story, if you don't mind, of of an organization that I did help go through that process. So they had their employee survey data back, and there was one department that the leaders of the organization were just baffled because everyone in that department always seemed so happy. They really liked the supervisor, but the supervisor didn't get very high rankings on this questionnaire. And so we pulled out the open-ended comments. And as we started digging in, the employees were ranking that their employees, that their supervisor is not accessible, is not able to answer questions. And it raised the brow of the leaders. Why is this supervisor not answering these questions? Well, we found out that because that supervisor is so awesome, they were pulled in so many different directions helping other departments. And they were not as accessible to their, their department as they could have been. So what this organization ended up doing is uh, creating additional levels within that department and making sure that there was a knowledge transfer. So if employees had questions and that supervisor was not available, there were other, you might call them like a team lead or department head that could help share some of that information. And it just not only gave the employees someone else to go to, but it elevated other people within the company to have some additional responsibility that they may not have had exposure to in the past. So, and it also gave the supervisor an opportunity to kind of step back and say, I do need to be more visible. I do need to be more present with my department and I'm going to make that a conscious effort. Well, we went back and reviewed the organization about a year later, the rankings totally changed. The employees had recognized the effort had been put into making sure that supervisor was accessible. So take the time to read the reports, read the open-ended comments, because I promise you there's going to be some links that are going to give you some insights into how you can make improvements with your company. So powerful. Thank you for sharing that story. And I'm curious, the benefits of being a best place to work aside from the obvious. Yeah. So the obvious often are revolved around recruitment and retention because that's so important to everyone right now. So some of the other things to think about is the strengthening that you can have with the engagement with your employees. 
there are, I read a, I read a study recently that said that on average, about 54% of employees wish that their supervisor and their organization would conduct these engagement surveys so that they could share their feedback. So employees want to share their feedback. They want to let you know how things are going. And that engagement level can only be strengthened when you gather their feedback, because often they have a lot of ideas that you may not have even thought of. So definitely the strengthening of an engagement. I work with an organization called Intergage who administers the top workplace survey. And they have found that organizations that do get ranked as a top workplace survey, their engagement levels are upwards of 84% within their team. So that's definitely very powerful. As I mentioned, the, the retention is a significant key to that. All know what, what organizations are going through with the great resignation right now. I did go back to Intergage and ask them about their commitment and retention rates of companies that do earn that distinction, and they're upwards of 86%. So these are just key numbers that it's really hard to look past. But as basic and simple as it sounds, happy employees equal happy customers. If your employees are happy and they're pleased with what with what's going on within your organizations as far as how they feel valued, as far as how they feel trusted, as far as how they feel empowered, they're going to take better care of your customers. And I guarantee you that your customers are going to notice that. And one other point is simply put bragging rights. Organizations love to shout it from the rooftop when they've had an opportunity to earn these types of awards. So think about how you can take that to the next level. It's an awesome recruiting tool when you're trying to get people with your organizations and your customers love to hear that they're working with a company that has earned an award like that. Absolutely. All right. Okay. And so thank you so much for sharing that. I'm, I'm curious to know as well, what is most important in keeping your award status or pursuing other awards? Because I know a lot of times you're working with organizations to help them set out to do this for the first time, but many times working with organizations that want to keep it. So talk a little bit more about that. Well, the best recommendation I have is to make it part of your daily culture, that this should be part of the strategic initiatives that you have within your company, that you are dedicated to culture, you are dedicated to employee engagement within your organization, and focusing on your people strategy and strong efforts towards continuous improvement and making people a priority within your organization's strategic plan. And I feel like when organizations are focused on gathering their feedback, through engagement surveys such as these and putting that into action within setting goals going forward that can focus on continuous improvement just becomes part of their culture. And I promise you, your employees recognize it and they appreciate the fact that you're asking for their feedback. So good. Angie, I know you have a resource to offer to our listeners that we had chatted about before the episode today. I'd love for you to share that. And also, I know that you know, you've helped many people I know with this type of work. I'm guessing you're willing to meet with a listener that would want some one-on-one help from you. So can you share a little bit about the resources and how to get in touch with you? Absolutely. I've put together a guide called The Six Perks of Becoming an Award-Winning Workplace. And I'll definitely send you the link to that so that you can put that in the show notes. It's just a free resource guide that's very helpful for people to have. And absolutely, I welcome an opportunity to have a conversation I will also send you the link to my calendar. So if anyone would like to schedule a discovery call, we can talk about either if they're wanting to consider applying for the first time, maybe they're trying to figure out if they're ready, or if maybe they've won and they want to make sure they maintain that status. I've also talked with organizations before that unfortunately didn't win, and they're trying to figure out maybe what they should do differently the next time. 
Mm. And, you know, when we were talking about organizations that don't win, you know, the time that they set out to, I think it says so much when you go back at it as an organization and you say, hey, here's what we learned or that you said many times, communication, communication, keep them updated, help them understand the why behind it and the expectations. But if we communicate after we don't win that award, how much we did learn and we're not stopping. It just builds that tenacity muscle, I think, for everyone to say like, yeah, it was a lot of work, but we're going to go at it again. And then when you do win, you know, the time after the time or time or two that you lost, man, that celebration is going to be huge, you know, to say that we overcame. So I love that. Well, we're going to take a quick break. This was so awesome. Loved all of the nuggets that you shared. And I'm going to be summarizing here in just a minute or two, our truth you can act on around what we learned from you, Angie, today. But we're going to take a quick break and go to our lightning round where we'll get to learn a little bit more about the personal side of you. So we'll be right back. If you're leading with a people-first mindset, which most likely you are because you're listening to Gut Plus Science, join People Forward Network, the largest community of humans on a shared mission to lead meaningful work. You can find us at peopleforwardnetwork.com or follow People Forward Network on LinkedIn. All right. We're back on Gut Plus Science with Angie Redmond today, learning all the things about achieving an award for the great culture of our organization and how to keep that. So, so many great nuggets. Now we're going into our lightning round where we get to learn a little bit more about the personal side of Angie. And Angie, I don't know if I can answer any of these questions, even though I know I've known you for probably a decade or I don't know, seven or eight years. So I'm curious to know if you have a favorite book of all time or a favorite recent read that you'd like to share with us today. Well, anything by Donald Miller and Brene Brown, I often have in my ear whenever I'm either out for a walk or out the gym. So I don't know that I could pick a favorite out of theirs. So I love listening to both of them. But on a more personal note, I know that there are so many people right now in the workforce that have the situation of being a caregiver as well as an employee. I did lose my mom a few years ago due to cancer. Through another podcast, I heard someone recommend a book called The Mercy Papers by Robin Rom. And this was written by someone who she was she was kind of writing a memoir of she had found out her mom had cancer. And so she was trying to work and she was trying to take care of her mom and she was journaling all that she was going through during that time and ultimately to when her mother passed away. So that was personally something I found very helpful as I've kind of struggled through some of that, going through that myself. And just wanted to mention that in case anybody else would find that helpful as well. Mm, I bet. I think that that is a wonderful resource to share. So thank you so much for giving us a little uh, glimpse into some of your journey. How about a favorite hobby when you're not working? Well, I have two teenagers, so there's not a whole lot of time for hobbies. Honestly, spending time with my family right now, I know we're going to be empty nesters here in a couple of years. So I am soaking up every minute I can spend with them. That's lovely. And where's your favorite vacation spot? Every fall, specifically in October, we go to a little town near Destin, Florida. It's called Okaloosa Island. And we were super excited when we started going because not a whole lot of people know about it. A lot of them do now, but it's still our favorite go-to. And we're looking forward to going back there again this October. Oh, lovely. At least you always have that uh, countdown. You know when you're going every year. That's That seems to be a lot of fun. And Angie, I know we mentioned this a little bit, but what's the best way for listeners to connect with you after the show and stay in touch with you? LinkedIn's great. I'm on there every day. So I welcome everyone to connect with me on LinkedIn if we're not connected already. 
or they can send me an email. It's Angie at strivehr.net. Oh, I love this conversation today with Angie Redman on award-winning workplace strategy and how to achieve those awards and how to keep those awards. I know she's so passionate about that and we're just uh, honored to have her with us and to teach us today. Here's a couple of my key takeaways from Angie's conversation with us. Number one, the first step in strategy is knowing why you want to do this. So getting very clear will help you create a meaningful strategy. So very first step is strategy and we got to know why and build on that why. Number two, getting clear on which award that you want to pursue should be guided by your why. So there's so many awards out there. You know, Best Places to Work is obviously a very popular one. There's so many. And uh, Angie is just a wealth of knowledge on all of those. But once we know our why, then we understand which options for awards are the ones that we want to go after. Number three, communicate the intention of pursuing the award with your team and share the why very clearly and loudly and share how they can help. Also make sure to communicate the updates through the process, no matter what the outcome. Say you didn't get the award, making sure that you are approaching that and communicating all the way through, not just with what we're going after or asking people to take an assessment or or give input or whatever, do the votes. You've got to communicate everything from intention and the why and just very clearly and loudly keep that communication going through the process. Number four, continue pursuing the consistency of of keeping award status to show your dedication to continuous improvement and building that in your culture. So it's not a one-time like we achieved and like we're hanging our award on the wall from 10 years ago. You keep at it. And even if you don't make it, you keep at it. And I love that message that Angie gave today. So really great episode. We'll see you next time. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.